0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 25 of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and to get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the most important question you can ask yourself. Um, But before we do that, I thought it would be fun to read a review of the podcast, some of the other Shows I listen to do this from time to time. And I thought that'd be a fun thing to add into the mix. Um, so this first review is on Apple podcasts and it comes from Joey C the third. Well, I actually know Joey, so that's fun. Hey, Joey. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, Joey writes biblical productivity, finally getting down to nitty gritty productivity. This show moves past platitudes and gets into examining particular productivity methods from a Christian worldview. Love it. Well, Joey, thank you very much for the review. And any of you, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, why don't you go ahead and do that in uh, whatever podcast app you love the most. And uh, if you're up for it, you like the show, why don't you give it a review too? That helps other people discover the podcast. And yeah, I would really appreciate it. All right, let's get into the episode. So I was recently listening to an interview with Gary Keller, who's the author of a book called The One Thing. And the whole book kind of centers around uh, what Keller calls the focusing question, uh, which is this. He says, what is the one thing I should do now that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary? Uh, and with this question, the book elaborates on it. And in the interview I listened to, he, he elaborates on it too, but basically you can apply this question to almost any situation and it kind of helps focus, uh, you on what the next step should be. So in the interview I listened to, he applied it to business decisions. He's made, uh, even dealing with his ailing mother, some issues he had had there, uh, and even just minor choices he was making throughout his day. And it, it just gave this simple way to force yourself to prioritize your activity based on the actions, which will be the most valuable to you. So interesting concept. Um, and ever since I've, I heard about that question, I've tried using it now. And again, what's the one thing I should do now that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. Um, so I've used it at work, um, you know, when I, when there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we want to accomplish at grace to you in my department, digital platforms, and th- there's, it's hard to know. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. I should say to decide what to do next. What's the first thing we should work on right now. And I've used this question So what's the one thing I should do right now. That's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. And asking that question kind of clarifies things and it makes it pretty obvious sometimes. It's like, well, this grid that it gives you for prioritizing um, sometimes even leads you to creative solutions. So uh, oftentimes I found that something I thought was a real big problem uh, that's going to be a ton of work to solve, uh, can be rendered unnecessary just by a phone call to, to a stakeholder to clarify how important really is this to have this before uh, we start launching into it. Um, or, you know, sometimes the right answer is we need to organize this or we need to have a, have a discussion to figure out um, uh, the relative, important of pro- relative importance of these projects. And so it's, it's a good question. I, found it helpful. Um, but as I was thinking about it, it is a good question, but I was thinking, is there, like I do all the time on this show, how should a Christian think about this? Right? So it's a good question. This comes from a secular guy and it it does help. and, And I think it is useful for us in prioritizing, but as I think about it, obviously Christians have different priorities than the world. And so maybe there's a better question that Christians can ask themselves to, uh, help them to focus and make decisions. And then I started thinking back to a decision I made, um, a little over a year ago that, uh, and, and how the Lord kind of helped me come up with a grid through which to make that choice. So let me submit to you what I'll call the Christian's clarifying question. And it's one that I believe like Keller's focusing question can actually be applied to nearly any situation to help us think more clearly about what the best course of action might be, but it is distinctively Christian. So, so here's the question and then I'll spend the rest of the podcast kind of explaining what I mean by it and, uh, so different ways I've applied it and uh, other situations that it might be helpful for with you when you're kind of stuck on what should I do next or you're procrastinating or even when you wake up in the morning. So here's the question. Here is the Christian's clarifying question. Given my current talents, opportunities, and resources, how can I best glorify God right now? Simple, right? Let me read it again. Given my current talents, opportunities, and resources, how can I best glorify God right now? So like I mentioned, this is one that, uh, I actually jotted this down a little over a year ago because I was faced with a really, really, really big life decision. And I all the other ways of trying to help me decide between three really good courses of action kept failing me. And it was this question that gave me the clarity that I needed to uh, make a choice and proceed forward. So let me, let me tell you about this story. So, um, as you guys know, if you've been listening, I went to the master Seminary. It's where I got my master of divinity degree in 2017. And I also worked for the master seminary, uh, for several years, um, in, uh, an administrative role there. And while it, a little over a year ago, I was faced with what I would call a blessed dilemma. Um, so I was working there at the seminary and I was actually candidating at a church in my hometown of Michigan. And, uh, at the same time, Grace You, my current employer, uh, had reached out to me about coming over, uh, to take on the position I am in now, which is, uh, overseeing digital platforms. So this is the best story because you know how it ends right there, which one of these I chose, but, um, It was a really tough decision because it's easy to make a choice between a bad, a bad thing and a good thing. Right. But when you have three really good options in front of you, how does a Christian decide between the three of them? So he, these were the options really that I had in front of me Here, first, I could stay serving the seminary, which I loved. And I could be a part of, uh, helping to train the next generation of preachers that I, th- I found that that to be enjoyable work, it was something I was passionate about. It was strategic in, in stewarding my life towards, um, the most productive ends. So, so being upstream from helping to produce more, uh, preachers that will go out to churches. Or two, I could go and do what I was trained for uh, with a lovely congregation. And I could go do that near family and friends where I'd grown up, right near my hometown. Um, And at this time, my son was on the way, which further complicated things because I really, really, really wanted to be near family for that. So option two, going to the church was a really good option too. And then number three was grace to you, and the the decision there was: well, do I combine the training that I'd received from seminary with the skill set that the Lord had given me in in technology and digital strategies and 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 that sort of stuff before I'd come to seminary? Do I combine all that and be part of uh, another strategic ministry, which is disseminating sound Bible teaching to the far flung corners of the earth, and like I said, like all of these were great. I wanted to do all three, but I had to pick one and I've faced difficult decisions before in my life. Um, and usually a good old fashioned two column pros and cons list would do the trick for me in illuminating the right path, but no joke. I, I should, I should post some of these somewhere. I'd have to look them up, but I have a bunch of, uh, Journal pages that are littered with pros cons lists, and I know that makes me sound like an idiot uh, Because I make pros cons lists for everything Uh, The old joke my wife and I have is that I made a pros cons list when I was deciding whether uh, To date her or not and that's actually true, and I'm sorry Kim. There is something wrong with me I understand that but at least I know that something's wrong Um, (laughs) the, the result of that pros cons list was yes, I should date, uh, date Kim and we ended up getting married. Now we have a baby. So that one worked out great. But in this situation, the pros cons list came up short. I tried evaluating these three decisions on every possible criteria and they just kept coming out even because like they were all great choices. So it wasn't like it was a choice between something really good and something really bad. You know, it wasn't like it was, and Lord said, go take this position doing ministry. Or the other option is, um, a new position with, uh, with a, a hitman firm has opened up and you could go, um, kill people for a living. And, you know, you'd obviously be like, well, option B seems like it may involve a little bit of sin. So maybe I shouldn't do it. Now it wasn't like that at all. This was really good options. And so evaluating them just kept giving me, you know, a stalemate. Uh, so, I started to think a little bit more deeply as I was making these pros cons lists and I started thinking about what are the criteria I'm evaluating them on. You know, I, I was comparing things like, um, like pay, obviously, you know, I need to provide for my household, especially I had a son on the way. I was comparing things like intangible benefits, like closeness to home. Being, being back in Michigan would have been great being close to family. I I believe it's important to, um, if you can, to be being a family, to raise your, uh, kids. Um, I was thinking about relative risk of each of them. So how, how, stable are each of these? Um, but ultimately. The thing that I kept finding myself going back to the criteria that I kept thinking through was my responsibility before God, what, what was I responsible for God to do and how could that inform this decision? Okay. So I'll, I'll show you how I, how I employed the question, uh, here and how I'd come up with this question, but first I'm going to take a little excursus a, uh, diversion, if you will, a rabbit trail, we should say. And I want to talk about God's will for a moment because you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, yeah, what you're talking about is how to figure out God's will for your life. And I'm not, and I want to explain to you why this is me not trying to determine and figure out what God's will for my life is. So let me clarify. The reason I don't believe this decision was a matter of quote unquote, discerning God's will for my life is because I don't think that there was a way for me to know unequivocally, which one of these choices was God's will for my life. I think people use that in a really loosey goosey way about big decisions in life. And um, obviously the one you ended up choosing in hindsight, that was God's will for your life. But uh, between these three, there was, there was no way for me to know. I, God was not going to speak into my ear about it. Um, he was not going to write it in the clouds. You know, he might've opened and closed doors and made it where there was only really one choice, but that never happened. And so it was really left up to me to make a decision between these three. And so I'll just offer you my opinion, which is correct. Uh, and that is this, many people, they'll put forward these criteria to tell you how you can figure out what God wants you to do in any given situation. And I am not submitting this uh, Christian clarifying question to you as some sort of spiritual dowsing rod where you can, you know, it'll, it'll guide you in the point where the night is darkest and you'll find uh, where you need to go next. When the moment is right, the path will be illuminated for you. I think in many of these situations, there is no, there is not a way for us to know. And, and it is left up to us to decide between three good options and... What I'm saying is any of these choices, I could have glorified God with my life. They they would have been right and good and they could have worked. Um, and it, as John MacArthur puts it, God's will is not lost. You know, God has given us a sufficient word in the scriptures. So looking for things outside of the Bible that are going to... Um, Offer special revelation, as in revelation that would tell us what God wants us to do next, I think is somewhat of a fool's errand. What I mean by that is the scriptures are very clear about God's will for us in in a general sense um, as believers. You know, it's his desire that we be saved and sanctified. It's his desire that we will be obedient to him, that we wouldn't disobey his law and that we wouldn't neglect, uh, the positive commands of his law. Uh, it's, it's his will that we would be wise. And so there's all these principles in scripture given, um, about how we can make wise decisions. Uh, But think about that for a minute. Why would we need those principles about making wise decisions if all we needed was a little trick to figure out what God's will is in any situation uh you know that that somehow the 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 path would be uh lit up for us if we would just do these three secrets that aren't in the bible right so th- th- it gives us um principles for wisdom and then it god leaves us with the ability to do what we want uh, and so if you're you're trying to make a tough decision and you know that it uh, either choice would uh, tend towards your sanctification, either choice would not be disobedient in some way, uh, and that either choice is not embarking on something without acting in wisdom, well then just pick the one you want to do. Pick the one you want to do. And so what I'm offering you here in this um, clarifying question here is not some way of figuring out, uh, and peering into the mind of God, uh, to discover what his specific will is for you in making a decision. He has that. He has that in his mind. There is a will that he has for you, but I don't believe that we can know what God wants us to do next in every single situation. I don't think we can know that he leaves the choice up to us to act in wisdom. And so for me, all things being equal in this big decision that I had, I don't think any of those choices, any of those three options I had would have been necessarily sinful or wrong. Um, but I also wanted to make the wisest choice. And that is with all the different principles of wisdom in scripture. The thing that it led me to was w- this clarifying question. How can I most glorify God? It reminds me actually of, um, the apostle Paul in, in Philippians 1 21 through 26, he's writing to the church in Philippi, and he's writing, uh, we know, from his prison cell in Rome, and he is tired, it appears. He is ready to go home and be with the Lord, and uh, listen to what he says. This is Philippians 1, 21 through 26. The Apostle Paul writes, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. This is probably a familiar passage to you. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain, but there's this whole debate that Paul has uh, here on the page in this letter to them. You know, he he makes it um, clear that he actually doesn't even know which he's going to choose, whether he's going to to depart and be with Christ or to uh, remain and continue in ministry. And what he's talking about is whether he will die or remain on earth and continue to minister. And it's an interesting thing because it does seem that he's actually making a choice here, which um, apparently maybe the Lord set before him the option of of coming home uh, of um, passing on and being with Christ or continuing his earthly ministry. Uh, And Paul is debating between the two. He's saying in 22, "Yet yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell I'm hard pressed between the two. And so he, what he wants is he wants to be with Christ because that's gonna be far better. He says, but verse 24 to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. And so he decides that he is going to stay. And he's going to continue in ministry because he wants to see these people progress and in their joy and in the faith and he wants to see uh verse 26 so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in christ jesus because of my coming to you again and so he makes this this decision that and neither of them would have been wrong if if it is true that it seems to be implied that that christ set before him some option of um leaving and coming home to heaven if that's true, would it have been wrong for him to choose that? I don't think so, right? I mean, it's God is not a God who just, you know, puts riddles before us and, and he says, do you want this? And you say, yes, I want this. He said, ha ha, that's a trick. I'm trying to fool you. No, he's He's not a deceitful God. And so I think it was a legitimate offer if that's what's going on here. And so Paul would not have been wrong to do this. So how does he make the decision? Well, he says, I I, what's more necessary on the account kind of the people I care about, on account of, I, I want I want more glory for Jesus Christ. He says, well, I will continue in ministry because I want these people on my account to glory in Christ Jesus. I want to continue to work and continue to minister, and I want to make the, the most of, of all of this. And what's interesting there is I think that whole a lot of people will agree that at the end of when you know, um, you're trying to make a big decision and you say, well, it's not sinful. Um, and of these are bad. And I don't think either of them are unwise. So I'm just going to go with the desire of my heart. What I think is interesting in this passage is that Paul is saying, uh, the desire of his heart was to go and be with Christ. That was what he, to die is gain. Uh, he says, um, My desire is to depart and be with Christ. So why doesn't he choose his desire? Well, I think he makes the calculated thought that I love these people. I want them to grow. And more importantly, I want more glory for Jesus Christ. He can glorify him in heaven, but he wants more people glorifying him. He wants to uh, continue to spread, uh, the message of Christ and to help believers deepen in their faith in him. And so he chooses the thing that is not the desire of his heart for his own sake. I just think that that's so helpful because let me go back to my own situation. um, a little over a year ago, for me, the strongest pull of my heart, I'll be honest with you, the thing I wanted to do of these three decisions more than any of them is I wanted to go back to Michigan and I wanted a pastor near family and friends and on the one hand hand. I, I don't think that would have been bad. It, it would have, I would have been stewarding the training which the Lord had entrusted to me and, and the gift of teaching he had given me. Um, and I think it would have been a fine choice. Um, I don't think that if Paul had said, I'm ready to go home, Lord, that, that he would have been slapped on the hand for that. Um, so in this situation, I had my own blessed dilemma. It, it was a hard choice, but throughout the decision-making process, I kept praising and thanking the Lord that there is such an abundance of blessing in my life that I had three great options. But the thing that clarified it all for me in the end was remembering that I had a whole suite of gifts in my life and resources with which I'd been entrusted. And so to choose wisely for me meant taking all of those factors into account. I of course, like I said, I had you know my seminary training. I needed to steward that that had been entrusted to me, um, uh, and so I needed to use that somehow. I couldn't just squander it. But to that point, I had any of the pre seminary skills or um, ways in which the Lord had trained me in different ways. I had kind of written those off when I went to seminary as useless. Uh, you know, I was a pastor now who cares that I went to film school or, or new design or web development, who cared about all those things. Those were parts of my past. I had moved on to nobler pastures. I don't know what this voice is, but I'm going to keep doing it. Cause it's awesome. Um, a more noble road had opened itself before me. And so I. I thought, well, I'm just going to forget about all that. I'll be a pastor. That's all. That's what pastors do. And that's when I started, this question started forming in my mind, given my current talents, opportunities, and resources, how can I best glorify God right now? I asked myself that, and that question led me to remember that I had more than just the seminary training. There were other things that in my set of current talents and resources and opportunities. And in that, it became plain to me that given the opportunities that lay before me, those three choices, my current set of talents and resources, the right decision for that moment for me was to go to Grace To You, where I could utilize my seminary training and all of the other skills that the Lord had providentially given me over the years. And so that helped me make a very, very, very big life decision. And I think it was the right one. I really do. I really do. It was as if this, um, position had been uh, hand carved and whittled for me, uh, by God given the, the way that he had prepared me in life. And so I'm very thankful for it. And I, I do think it is the right decision, but I also don't think the other ones would have been wrong decisions. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This question though, helped me have the clarity to choose. And so this question, it applies to very big decisions but it also has saved me in many, many small decisions as well. And so I want to give you some examples of how this question can help clarify all kinds of choices we're faced with each day. Um, but first, let me break it down for you a little bit. So the question again is given my current talents, opportunities, and resources, how can I best glorify God right now? As you notice at the front of the question, I said, given my current, and at the end, I say right now, I I deliberately fenced in this question with um, time uh, and in the immediate, because decisions must be made in time. A lot of times in our decision making, we want to wait and we say, well, what if something else comes along? Well, what about this? What about this? Or, or if this had been the case, I think that forcing ourselves to say, okay, now I have to make a decision. What is, what is the reality that lays before me? right this second, not some eventuality. Um, and this, I kept running into this because I would be doing pros and cons lists and I'd find myself speculating, you know, well, what, what if this happened in five years with option a, or what about this eventuality? And while I do think that there is some merit and wisdom in considering relative risk in a, in a decision, the fact is that God's the one in control of all of that. So many of those things I was speculating about were just. Of course, anything could happen in any of these situations, you know, an an airplane could drop out of the sky on me. Um, and I, I can't figure out a life plan for the next year of my life, much less five or 10 years because the Lord's in control of all those things. What I had before me was simply one choice and the results of it would be in God's hands. So I tried to focus myself on what exists in the present right now. My current talents, my current opportunities, my current resources, how can I glorify God best right now? That's what I mean when I, when I say current and right now. The other parts of the question are talents. Um, of course, there I'm talking about um, specifically talents in terms of skill that we have been given by God, abilities that we have. Um, and I think it's helpful to think of these in terms of what is unique about them, especially with the decisions, uh, is, you know, what are the things I can do that other people or fewer people can do? What, what are the unique talents I have? And so you take those into consideration when making a decision because you want to be the most useful tool in the hands of God. And, um. God has made you in a unique way. You know, this is when when the scriptures talk about the body of Christ analogy that, you know, you're a hand or a thumb or a foot or whatever you are. That is not by accident. That's by design. There's a place that you fit in and where your gifts will most be used in the church. And I think that's um, true in, in all areas of life. And so we need to take our talents into consideration when making a decision. Um, we need to take... Uh, our opportunities ended into, into consideration. So you have always different choices. You can do something or not do something. You always have those two choices. Um, in my case, in this big decision, I had three really big opportunities. And so how do you, uh, choose between those? We'll take it into account with all of this. Um, and then third glory, or I'm sorry, resources. Uh, so that is, is 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 like talents, but those are the things you have, the things you possess, not in skills, but, um, uh, you know, even monetary or, or, uh, vehicular <laughs> or all of those things. What are the, what are the other things that you have that would um, be useful in this and make you especially useful or not useful in, uh, whichever path you decide to take. And then finally, the linchpin of the whole question is glorifying God, how, how how can I use these things to best glorify God that this is really, you could take off the rest of the question and just ask it this way. How can I best glorify God right now? Um, glorifying God, of course, I talk about this all the time on the podcast. It, this is the chief end of man. That's what the confession says, the chief end of man, we are made to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so all that we do needs to continually be centered around this question. And this is the linchpin of the whole thing, because often the way we make decisions is simply in terms of selfishness, right? Um, If it was a career choice, like I was facing, we would say, well, which one pays the most? Which one's going to help me to be in the best uh, school district? Which one is going to be the one that is uh, going to have the the most amenities surrounding it or giving the most prestige or et cetera, et cetera. I don't think any of those questions I've listed are bad questions or are wrong because you have to take those into consideration. I think that's part of wisdom, but those are not the main reason you make a decision. The main reason is not about you and what pleases you the most, but how will you glorify God the most and continually bringing our mind back to that elevates our decision-making process, uh, and gets us away from navel gazing too much. Again, those parts are important. They're part of the wisdom aspect of decision-making, but asking this question, the point of it is to clarify. My goal is to glorify God. My goal is to glorify God. So how can I do it in this decision? Um, and this question, of course, applies, like I said, beyond big, huge decisions and to little things too, day to day. Oftentimes, um, you're not sure what to do next, be it at work or, or at home or even when you wake up in the morning. What, what's, what should I do? And you're kind of wanting to procrastinate or, you know, you know, there's a few things you need to do, but you're kind of stuck making a decision, which one. Um, ask the question given my current, uh, talents, uh, opportunities, resources, how can I best glorify God right now? And sometimes, like I said, take the front off of it. Just say, how can I best glorify God right now? And you might say, you know, I'm putting off mowing the lawn. I'm not doing that because I want to be lazy and I don't want to do it, but I need to steward the home the Lord's given me, take care of it. I need to, um, Make sure that I'm a good testimony to the neighbors that I'm a responsible neighbor. And in this little thing, I just need to do this. I need to get off my phone and go mow the lawn because I can glorify God best with that right now. Um, you can do it in relationships. Uh, how can you, you know you're you're not feeling like asking your wife out on a date, or you're you're not feeling like spending time with your kids right now. And you just start thinking, wow, I know I should do that. I don't really want to ask the question, how can I best glorify God right now? So whether it's a big decision or a little decision, whether it's at home or at work or in your hobbies or in your church, asking this clarifying question, how can I best glorify God right now, given my talents, my opportunities and my resources? How, how, what can I do right now to glorify him? This is the Christians clarifying question because it sets our minds back where they need to be on Christ on remembering why we're here on this planet, why we're doing what we're doing and it gets our eyes off of ourselves and our comfort and, and what we want to do and back on our reason for existence, our chief end, glorifying God. Well, that's all I have for you this week on the Redeeming Productivity Show. If you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Just hit subscribe. And I will catch you here next week. Uh, But until then, you can check out uh, the blog. I did a book review last week on a book that I absolutely loved. I would love for you to check that out. Um, I also have a newsletter. If you don't get that, you can subscribe to that over at redeemingproductivity.com. Help you to keep up to date with uh, what I'm coming out with each week. And uh, it also brings you up to date with Reagan's Roundup, which is a Friday feature I do every week, which is just a roundup of links. links from around the internet so you can find out what's happening on the web. And it'll be things having to do with productivity or just things I found interesting or topics relating to Christian living. I think that you will like it. So you want to subscribe to that and to the podcast. And until I see you again, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. I'll see you next week.